Welcome to Hey Psyche, How Do I? My name is Chris Hatfield. I'm your podcast host. I'm the founder and coach of a company called Sales Psyche and have devoted my time in the last 15, 20 years to all around mindset and mental well-being. Hey Psyche, How Do I? is all about answering those questions that we often pose to ourselves subconsciously or consciously on a daily basis, but don't always know where to start with. None of these long drawn out interviews, five minute podcasts, giving you practical insights and takeaways for you to be able to implement further. So enough about this, let's get started. Hey Psyche, how do I handle pressure? So for this special extra long episode, I'm joined by Tom Lavery from Jiminy. And Tom has over 15 years experience in leading sales teams in high growth SaaS businesses. Before founding Jiminy in 2016, he was SVP at Reward Gateway, where he spent through two PE-backed rounds of investment and grew the team, the revenue team, from zero to over 100 people. Jiminy has recently announced a Series A funding of 16.5 million as well. So Tom and I are going to be speaking all about handling pressure. What does pressure mean to Tom? How did he used to look at it and how he looks at it now? How he's managed to deal with it whilst founding Jiminy up until this point? And what do you think he's learned most about himself around it and the tool he's used? So I hope you enjoy the session. Sit back. Tom, welcome. How are we doing? Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Um, Great to be on. Yeah, thank you so much for, for putting some time aside. I know we were talking before about a lot of things going on in your world, which is probably quite apt for the conversation we're going to have today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Busy busy few weeks. But uh, yeah, no, um, I'm delighted to have this chat finally and <clears throat> together. Yeah, good. Good. Well, you know, the, the main emphasis around this podcast, as I mentioned, is is answering some of those questions we often sort of pose to ourselves, and better to sort of talk about them as opposed to let them mull over in your mind. And the one I wanted to talk about with you today, um, mm-hmm. when I was thinking about this, I'm sure you get asked a lot about certain things, but maybe more around pressure and how to stay calm under pressure. And because I think it's something that is commonly talked about and it's Mm-hmm. you know it's more as a statement you've got to remain calm it's one thing saying it, it's another thing doing it so first of all it'd be good to know from your perspective like what does pressure mean to you when you when you hear that word mm. it's an inter- such an interesting question it's so open I, I think do you you know over the years you learn to deal with pressure in different ways so it probably would have meant something different to me 10 years ago to it does, does today and the more yeah pressure you deal with them the more you kind of cope with it over time um i think that's just the nature of doing anything more the more pressure you have from different things the better you get at dealing with it um but pre- pressure means i don't know it's situational right uh for me so um you know, it could be things that you find challenging or often things that you probably don't like doing, if I put it that way, because then you'll tell yourself that story in your head that I feel pressured mm. by this. Like, oh, I haven't hired that person because oh, recruiting's taking me longer. So then that's pressure or, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to deliver this um, training, but I've never done this sort of presentation before. So I feel pressure from it. But I think sometimes it's very situational and maybe it comes from a place uh, of something that you're you're maybe not familiar with or maybe you don't like doing um i think a lot of the time for me yeah that makes sense <laughs> it does it does mm. when you when you sort of feel that pressure coming in do you have a what's your like natural reaction to it often if it's something you're maybe unfamiliar with is it one of like oh i'm welcoming this in or is it a 
or tightness in the body? I'm not sure about this. Um, overall, we, we do this thing. Uh, I've done it in previous companies. We do it at Jiminy. We do insights training. So it's like personality profiling. Mm -hmm. And then you, we relate it to customers, prospects, and our own internal team for internal comms. And it kind of very simply talks about your personality and the different types. So, you know, if I, if I think of, of self-awareness and my personality, I am kind of half glass full and a fairly positive person. So I think uh, that makes certain pressure situations. E I find it easier because I'll look for the positive. Um, and how do I sort this? How do I fix it? Um, sort of scenario, because that is the, my default. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so maybe that's sometimes why I, I find those challenges, you know, it doesn't, I don't stiffen up. I kind of lean into it if that's what you're yeah. asking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it, it aligns to um, something that I often think about this because you hear the phrase sometimes like pressure is a privilege in sales. Mm. And I've I think... never heard that before. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. It's such a, <laughs> such a cliche, isn't it? But I think more importantly, that pressure is a perception rather than a privilege. Because I think mm. sometimes you you say that to people and they're like it's one thing saying it but it doesn't really help someone when they're dealing with pressure but it kind of aligns to your first point of looking at press pressure is a perception is that how you view it and as you say it's mm -hmm. like it often comes from things you're unfamiliar with or uncertain about or maybe you look back on things and you think that you think out of like one out of 20 scenarios this one thing that went wrong and then you you view that as the kind of status quo mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I could give you an analogy. Like, I don't, sometimes you probably don't, if you're, if I'm at work, I might not feel pressure in a certain, certain situation because I might have done part of it or done some of it before. You asked me to go do a best man speech at a wedding. I've never done that before in my life. Yeah. So therefore it becomes a whole different type of pressure, peer pressure in front of family and friends. So I'd feel more pressured about that than I would about anything that happens at Jiminy. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. and more nervous and more you know just difficult to deal with um mm. if that makes sense mm. it does but people might think it might be the other way around but no not for not for me no it's all context really isn't it it's all it's all mm. subjective and that's why i think it is so important to look at it as like a perception because perceptions can be changed and you are in control of it it's just how you view it differently and i think one thing that can help sometimes with that is is recalling situations where you felt pressure before and and how you've worked through it you know sometimes i'll speak to people and they'll think they'll feel pressurized about pitches coming up or a demo they're going to run or a meeting they're going to run and it's sort of thinking back to well when have you felt this in different scenarios in your in your life like if someone works out a lot like when you first went into the gym and how you felt everyone was looking at you or you know when you mm -hmm. first stepped into your job at the moment on that first day and you picked up the phone and everyone was listening to you like drawing on previous examples i think we kind of forget that sometimes and isolate it too much yeah yeah absolutely i'd agree yeah. yeah so you mentioned it might have changed if you went back to like tom sort of maybe 10 15 years ago or even mm -hmm. before what how did you think you looked at pressure then in in those situations um i i think you go goes back to what i said before a lot of the time is like i hadn't done it yeah so i don't know two months ago whatever i did a online conference you know getting up got to do a 10 minute talk about a certain topic hundreds of people online 
you know, 10, 15 years ago, absolutely. Oh, you know, <laughs> and at the moment that, that used to doing it for one and then have, you know, um, time and just like, all oh, right, I'll jump into this. It's the next thing on the list I got to do um, sort of thing. Whereas if I did that 10, 15 years ago, I would have overthought it probably not had enough experience doing micro versions of it um so yeah I, I just think for me i would have overthought stuff based on the fact of you know not having enough experience of you know what that feels like to do it mm. well or to make a mistake because everyone does bad ones or you know do it unsuccessfully so yeah yeah it's like you said it's more of a feeling yeah and I think it's also looking at the benefits, isn't it, of, of pressure and what it's actually benefiting you, how it's helping you. I often talk about that of emotions. It's like looking at them like signals rather than threats. It's like seeing it as the smoke alarm going in, off in the house rather than the house being on fire. It's trying to get you to pay attention to something. And almost one good way of looking at it, I always find, is would I rather feel this way, like pressure about this meeting coming up or conversation? Would I rather be the opposite end of the spectrum and not care at all or maybe be too nonchalant or would I rather care about it now or on the day or after it's happened I'd probably always rather have that than not and I think it's sometimes again that perspective that can that can add some context to go to it and go actually what's this trying to tell me like what what are the mm-hmm. signals here well yeah I think what you're you're saying and people can teach themselves to do is actually like talking themselves through a situation so like if, if I go back in my mind and you think well I've never you know go back to when you first start selling it's like oh i've never pitched this product or i've never done a cold call to this company or whatever just tell yourself it's just another person on the end of the phone that you're probably never going to meet if they don't yeah. say yes in your life ever again so why the f does it even matter <laughs> like, yeah that's a, like really <laughs> you know uh you know does it does it really matter if this person thinks you've done a shit job does it really matter if they hang up on you does it really matter, uh, you know, uh, whatever, if you don't convert it? You know, just people build up that pressure. So like, I think if I'm, I'm trying to, long time ago now, Chris, I'm trying to remember <laughs> how I used to, that, that's probably just in my head, mm, consciously, n- not consciously, but self-coaching myself to just go, yeah. right, I'm nervous too. I've never done this before. I've got the team watching me or, you know, two new people I've hired, but I'm just going to do it and it doesn't matter you know mm. so it's probably that self-talk because everyone's got yeah. it you know you, you manage people or certain situations someone comes onto a call and they're absolutely wound up and just told themselves this whole story about this situation and you're unraveling it all and it's just you know half of it is giving them clarity on the actual reality of yeah uh, what, it, yeah. what the situation is you know yeah, I think that reality point is so important. Like one thing I always encourage people to do in my sessions is I use the analogy, our brain's a bit like a courtroom and we've got the the prosecution, which is our brain's default that sometimes just goes straight into accusation mode of this is going to happen, that's <laughs> going to happen. And they, they're going to think this, they're going to hang up and you're not going to believe in you. And it's almost imagining creating a defense in that courtroom to go, well, where's the evidence that this thought is true? And what else could be true here? So like, where's the hard proof that that's going to happen? And people might be like, oh, it... It happened to me this one time on this last call. How many calls have you made out of that one? And then going, what else could be true? Well, it could actually go really well. You know, they could actually really buy into this. They could be really interested. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying there with <laughs> that analogy. So uh, what's that book, The Chimp Paradox? Am I getting the yeah. title right? Uh, where, you know, talk, 
Shelley's very good at reading books. Shelley's my wife. And then she reads them and tells me what goes on. And then I <laughs> claim, claim that I've read it. It's like your Blinkist. Or, yeah, Blinkist, basically. I read the synopsis from, from her or I, or I listen to the first few chapters on Audible and think that I've read the book. Mind you, yeah. business books do do have a habit of repeating themselves. They could be much shorter. But, uh, you know, in, I that's the analogy that I, I used to deal with it. Like I'll even say, because Shelley is my coach after a long day at work or something, I would be like, oh my, like I'd say, are my chimps going nuts? <laughs> like in my head, like the bit that you're trying to control. Mm. Like in certain situations, like something could be infuriating you or, you know, making you sad or happy or, you know, what sad or cross or frustrated. But it's just contri- knowing that that part of your brain, it's just one part of your brain that's going nuts and you just got to yeah. control it and let the other parts of your brain in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah i often use that analogy like i can feel my chimp going crazy in my head and i've got to calm it down <laughs> yeah so. it's a good analogy isn't it because it detaches it from mm. the rational it's not you it's your chimp it's this primal part of the brain that doesn't know the difference between the past the present and the future mm-hmm. and i think when you often think about pressure now particularly in in companies and cultures you know like mm-hmm. jiminy for example where there is a lot of support and encouragement people will often think about oh i feel under pressure and it's like often that's coming from yourself like you know again going back to the pressure is a perception is is anyone actually putting physical pressure on you or where's that stemming from and a lot of the time it does come from yourself maybe from like a perfectionist mindset or the kind Uh of imposter mindset of not wanting to get found out oh yeah we've all got imposter syndrome it just depends how much you let it in or or that in some way shape or form at different points like especially when there's something new it's the next stage or whatever it's like oh can i do this or whatever but yeah there's there's loads of examples where people say oh yeah but i'm i'm not able to do this or i haven't done that yet and i'm like oh, i didn't ask you to do that yeah <laughs> or, we don't we don't need to do that this month it's fine you know we're, we're okay we can do that next quarter or next year you know so a lot of the time it's just talking it through and helping people you know see see the reality if that makes sense (laughs) yeah so kind of linking that to them when you were when you were first building Jiminy Mm -hmm. how were you handling those those tougher days that pressure that was coming in maybe even from yourself or those around you like how were you coping with that Mm. it's funny because uh we closed the round of investment last week and uh, someone messaged me on LinkedIn. And this often happens where um, I connected and spoke to them like four years ago or three <laughs> years ago, and they don't even realize. And then they're messaging me back about something or wanting to get in touch with the team. This other person messaged me back and he's like connected and then never replied to like three of my responses. And then one of my responses, I, I sent it to my co-founder, James, because it's like I messaged them back at 1 24 a.m and they'd never ever got back to me and then they messaged me like four, four years later <laughs> about <laughs> about something else but uh that just reminded me of those early days and how you cope uh i, I just default things really um making sure that i exercise because it always makes me feel better um just spending even though you have to sacrifice a lot you do have to make sure you, you give yourself time whether that was watching my football soccer team or you know uh going out for a drink or doing whatever you know there's always time spending time with kids or you know like i just 
yeah, there was really stressful situations, times when you think, is, we, is this product going to work? Are we going to have any money? Uh, you know, uh, we've only got 12 customers. What if we lose all six next month? You know, like you just, I think you just take it a day at a time, even though there's constant moments where you're just like oh, having to look forward. Just like, how do I get through it? You just try and deal with each day and just try and get through it. Um, yeah. And it's just like anything. You have really great days where everything's amazing and you think you're making great progress. And then days where like the whole world's blowing up. You know, they used to be like every other day. Now they're like once every three months. <laughs> so I have one of those days, but they used to be a lot more frequent. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's it's just time and persistence. I think someone said something to me a while back is like, uh, not many startups fail, people give up, you know, like, all right, we're going to start. But a lot of the time, it's just absolute persistence that you'll find a way. Um, but yeah, I, I just used to, yeah just try and uh get through it by giving myself some time to like chill out and that sometimes that'd be i'd work into 10 11 at night but then i'd sit and watch something till like 12 30 but i'd have to have an hour and a half so some people might go oh, i'll go to bed mm. but i might know i have to i don't know watch a rerun of some freaking spurs game on like at like <laughs> one in the morning but it's just like i'm doing something to not work anymore and not think yeah. about something else so yeah just used to find a way to decompress daily in some way shape or form yeah just coping with it yeah mm. do you think you do anything because you said it used to happen maybe every other day and now it happens every three months <laughs> do you think you do anything differently or more intentionally now when it does happen to manage that oh i think you just mature as you get older and you deal with different situations so i think i'm a lot more level than i was you know, my early 30s or my late 20s, you know, I'm nearly 40 soon, you know, so you you do uh, mature over time. So, yeah, I, I just think I never try and be too, and this is, comes with experience, it's hard to teach, I think, but I'm never too high and I'm never too low. And I mm. try and keep, you know, of course, of course, you've got to have those moments that are great and enjoy them. Um but yeah, it's it's never too, too high and it's never too, too low. And I try and maintain, you know, even going into a difficult situation, helping challenges. So, OK, I try and just personally try and stay a lot more level, whereas I used to be a lot more like this, you know, yeah. highs really high, lows really low. Um, so just trying to be a bit more uh, level. Uh, but I'm not, I don't know how I'd teach that or coach that. <laughs> Difficult thing to do. Well, I think you mentioned it. Some of it is through experience. It's like resilience, isn't mm -hmm. it? Is it's mm -hmm. not a natural trait. It's something you've got to go through or grow through, mm -hmm. um, and develop it. And it, it's one of the hardest things to understand and accept. And that's the harder thing, I suppose, as a leader sometimes, as a manager, to recognize that yeah, you want to protect your team, but there are things they need to kind of go through to develop that resilience. Mm -hmm. But another thing you mentioned about not being too high and too low. I, I did a post about this a few weeks ago and it's something that comes up quite regularly is I think a lot of people confuse happiness with excitement a lot of the time. And that, you know, when that deal closes, when you book that meeting, that's excitement, that's not happiness. That's this kind of spur of energy and adrenaline hitting your system. And the danger is people perceive that this is happiness because they place it in a destination of, I'll be happy when I hit my target. I'll be happy when this deal closes. And subconsciously so you can't be happy of, before. 
yeah, you're telling yourself I'm unhappy and then you go chasing this unsustainable high from it and often telling yourself that oh, I'm not happy in between, which of course is a is an unhealthy game to play in sales. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I do, what, I'm, what I'm thinking about this is like, I'm not good at it all the time. Like one of my strengths is to look forward. I'm always thinking about the next thing. I'm on that sort of, what can we do next? And yeah, do that. And, you know, uh, Shelley's much more in the moment. Like, how are you being in the moment again? So try and always be a better CEO, be a better uh, husband, be a better dad, you know, trying to improve these things all the time. But that that's the thing. I think, like, I always try and think, like, the product's not finished. It's never a finished piece. Uh, like, you're never the finished article. But that, you know, at the end, I've been at ends of a journey with companies and investments and you always look back on the bit in the middle. You always look back on that as the, you know, like the the fun part or the great part or the good times. You don't look back at the end result. Um, so, yeah, it's getting comfortable with just the everyday bits of joy that you love about, you know, what you're actually doing, the parts of mm. your job that you get fulfillment out of you know um i think that's that's something that's really important as well you, yeah you got a great point there for sure yeah and then finally um what do you think that pressurized situations over the years big and small in or outside of jiminy mm-hmm. have taught you most about yourself hmm Um. Uh, what have they taught me about myself? Uh, well, there's in and outside of work. I'm probably very. I'm stronger in work than I'm at out of work. If I had to deal with some of the situations I dealt with in work, God forbid, in my personal life, I'd probably struggle more. If I'm being honest, so. Let's just talk about in work because it probably makes okay. me feel more comfortable <laughs> dealing with really bad situations outside of work because I'll probably be worse with it. Um, just just being, I think, two things, very resilient and very positive. And if I just choose those things, it's like, okay, well, you give me a bit of news. There's always a worse situation. There's always a worse outcome. I think my old boss, Glenn, told me, like, if someone tells you, oh, this and this has happened, there's... 10 other things that could be way worse um, that could have happened. Well, yeah, okay, that's happened. And it's not great, but at least it wasn't this, this and this. So that, then that kind of makes you feel better. And then it goes back to what I said earlier. Is It's like, how can I just look at the positives? Can pro- problem solve or fix stuff? So there's always a worse scenario. So I kind of try and put the problem up on a pedestal that there's other things that, oh, it's not that bad, you know could have been a client that's twice the price or, you know, you tell yourself a story or, um, you know, and then just being positive about what are we learning from it? How do we move forward? So those two things really, I think is how I've just, and then then I, I don't even think I'm a kind of on autopilot. I just take that into my everyday life, you know, today, like, uh, you know, in terms of how I, how I operate. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Tom, thank you so much for uh, putting some time aside to talk. I really appreciate it. No, awesome, Chris. It was great to chat as always. Yeah. And um, if anyone wants to 
find out a bit more about what you're doing with Jiminy afterwards and you like where's the best place to go yeah yeah um they can go to www.jiminy which is j-i-m-i-n-n-y.com um if they want to speak to anyone in the company about what we do um but if they want to hit me up then LinkedIn's always the best place just connect with a note and I'll I'll get back to them perfect well thanks again Tom and uh, everyone thanks for listening today hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll catch you all soon hope you enjoyed today's episode um, if you ever have any questions you want to pose for hey psyche how do i get in touch on instagram at hey psyche how drop me a message on linkedin chris hatfield or you can visit sellspsyche.co.uk for more around this catch you soon and stay mindful